Good afternoon, folks. This is Ron Stahl along with Randy Burtz. And tonight, our special guest is Ron Ingram, the media director for the Alabama High School Athletic Association. And we're going to wave the uh, reading of the sponsors and let you look on the front page of them. And uh, welcome Ron Ingram from the Alabama High School Athletic Association in. Ron, uh, Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself now. We've been on the program before, but we have different listeners at different times. And Tell, tell us what all you do and how long you've been with the high school athletic association. Then, then we'll get into the meat of the program. Okay. Well, I, I came to the high school athletic association, Ron, after about uh, 40 years as a sports writer. I came in, 2000 and, in uh, December of 2007, and I'm in my 18th year now with the high school athletic association. It's hard to believe it's been that long. But it is a great place to work. I, we honestly, I've never had a bad job anywhere. There you go. Well, I, you know, you look younger than me, but we must <laughs> be the same age. I'm 76, and I graduated in 65. So, that's well, you're, you're 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 the same age as my my oldest brother. Uh, I am. I graduated in 1970, so I'm not far behind you. Uh, Where did you graduate from? Ron? I graduated from Pike County High School in 1970. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Pike. Pat County, I'll have to look them up and say, I know they're not Broncos. We're the only Broncos in now the state. No, they're Bulldogs. They're the Bulldogs. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Good. I hear you. Well, and uh, you was with uh, the uh, Birmingham News. Right. Uh, I was with the Birmingham News. News. Yeah, I was with the Birmingham News over about close to 25 years. But prior to that, I was the, <coughs> excuse me, I was the sports editor at the Dothan Eagle. Mm-hmm. In Dothan uh, for about three or four years, and prior to that, for about seven or eight years, I was a sports editor of the Dothan Progress. And uh, prior to that, I was a college student and graduated from the University of Alabama. Ah, very good. Well, now Randy's not going to be glad to hear that. He's a big Auburn fan. <laughs> well, know? my sister went to Auburn, and to be honest <laughs> with you, I, I've always been a big Auburn fan, too. You can do it. Uh, my high, you, I, I, when I was in high school, I, my quarterback, I played tailback, and my quarterback was Randy Walls. And Randy went on oh, to yeah. Auburn and was the quarterback of the 1972 Amazings team. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, he, he replaced Pat Sullivan as the starting quarterback uh, after Pat graduated, you know, won the Heisman. And had he not gotten his shoulder hurt before the Gator Bowl, Randy would have probably been a three-year starter because he started as a sophomore. One of the most incredible athletes I've ever known him. We still get together now, a bunch of us, that old team in high school. We try to meet once every one or two or three months with our old high school coach, Bob Booth. And it's been always a great time when we do it. We're planning a new reunion right now that's going to come come about next March. Now, have y'all done you know, your – have, you, have, have y'all done recently done your 40-yard 40, uh, 40 dash times? I, I didn't hear that question. Have, have y'all tried doing your forty-yard dash times recently to see how they oh, compared back then? Forty-yard dash is not is an oxymoron now. <laughs> it's, it's a forty-yard trot or walk. Uh, but uh, uh, we had a, had a pretty good team, uh, and uh, uh, back then uh, we, we suffered through a zero nine and one season my my junior year. But our senior year, we had a real good year. We went to the Lions Bowl back then. You know, only four teams made the playoffs. And we didn't make the playoffs. We weren't one of those four, but we did. Uh, we were a three A school, and we played Headland in the in the uh, 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 Lions Bowl, and we won the game thirty to twenty seven. It was one of our best memories back then. That was a big deal back then, but the kids they quite, wouldn't quite understand it because Pike County has five state football titles to their to, uh, to their credit since then. 
Man, they're they're like uh, Addison around here, you know. Oh yeah, very similar. When a child's born at Addison, they stamp football player on the birth certificate, then they put male or female. <laughs> but yeah, football then, comes first. And and if it's female, they stamp volleyball on it. <laughs> so they're gonna <laughs> win a state championship of Battleford either time. I love Addison. Addison is one of my favorite places, one of my favorite places to go to. Uh, I used to uh, love coach uh uh Allen, oh, my mind's gone blank. The St- there for a long time. Stevens? Uh, yeah, I Bo, Bo Besley and uh, Allen Stevens was the Allen Stevenson, right. Allen Stevenson's family used to take a vacation in Panama City Beach at a condominium where my family used to go. And and we'd be there the same week every summer, and we got to know each other real well. That's before I got to the Birmingham Beauties. No, I had I had uh, uh, Allen Birmingham. I got to know Coach Hicks real mm-hmm. well because he worked with a lot of our events. As in retirement, and then I went to Addison and just really fell in love with the way they played, the the, the support they had. Uh, really, they they may be a one A school, but they've got six A support. They, they have, and uh, I, I know Randy's always gets on it. Y'all talk too much trash when you get on it. But uh, <laughs> Addison, when I, when I I went to Tarrant until. Uh, my 11th grade year, then I moved in uh, season of 64. Mike Hall was on the football team. Oh, I remember me. that, yeah. You remember, he went on to Alabama. But uh, when uh, I went to uh, Addison, when we moved up here to Holly Pond and we played Addison, they used to have the old Long Ranger song. You know, the Long Ranger. And they would say, they're band and play it, and they'd say, give me an A with a D with a D and I S O N. And you was talking about school spirit everybody in the uh, stands knew that and they would sing the addison to the uh, long ranger thing <laughs> i believe that william tells over to her isn't it that's if i'm not mistaken <laughs> you know right mm-hmm. but uh anyway that you was talking about school spirit that's one thing i remember about them because they still yeah. have it but they don't use the long ranger no more but uh, well, you know one thing that i remember you know i think in, it was in 2005 or six right before i went to the high school athletic association they won the state championship, uh, beating Brantley, I believe it was, in the finals. And uh, there was an incredible football team. Coach White, I believe, was coaching them then. And uh, they had that uh, that particular year, I believe that senior class, and it might have been 2006, but I believe it was 2005. Uh, but uh, they uh, they did not even have a first down going into the uh, – right before the first half, they were losing – I believe the score was 12 to nothing. They didn't even have a first down. And they had a fourth down play at midfield, and Brantley jumped off sides. And uh, when they jumped off sides, they, they got, gave them the momentum, and they went down and scored to make it 12 to 7. Well, Brantley had these real fast linebackers that were crashing through. The guards for, for Addison were pulling, you know, they ran that offense wing T, you know, running with pulling guards. And, and wherever the guards pulled, the linebackers were fast enough to shoot through and break up the play. But the coaches at Addison at halftime adjusted and made the the guards stay at home. They quit pulling them, and the linebackers couldn't come through. And this kid, this running back for Addison, just really was awesome. And he, uh, and they ended up winning that game. I think twenty one or twenty two to twelve, and won the state championship. But what out sticks out most to me is they had a homecoming queen that year, uh, who was a senior, just like the 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 players on the football team. She was born with spina bifida. And uh, that team grew up with her and loved her so much. The seniors at, the, at that time 
selected or the or the players on the team selected the homecoming queen, I believe the way it was explained. And right. she was named homecoming queen. And they said the night of the homecoming, it was one of the most emotional, special moments for a senior class. And these kids got it right. They just, they just appreciate. This girl was a very special friend to all of them, and they and 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 her to them. And it was such a special night because they wanted to show how much they loved that that child, who right. didn't get to go out and play like the others did. But she was always there supporting them, and I'll never forget Addison for that. And I've been in love with them ever since. Well, you know, uh, my uh, niece is Spina Bifia. She went to uh, Mortimer Jordan. Mm-hmm. And uh, who was the great quarterback that went on to Peter Tom Willis. Peter, Peter Tom, Tom Willis. Willis. Peter Tom Willis was two years ahead of her and with her older sister. And uh, we went and watched them play in uh, the, uh, different activities. Well, that was two years. Two years later, my uh, niece came across there. Well, and she had spina bifida. She was born with a water head, and they operated right. on her. But uh, she, education-wise, she was fine. But when she got uh, the senior year in January, she had a cold, and a shunt stopped up on her head. Well, anyway, she started losing her light sight, so they had to homeschool her. But at the end of the year, they gave her the I Dare You Award, and Peter Tom Willis had got it two years ahead of that. They usually give it to great athletes and all right. that uh, do something great to uh, challenge them to go on and do something else. Right. And they give it to my niece, and she was spina beef. And that just tickled the whole family to death. And uh, I don't know if it was unanimous or not, but the school I mean, really was. appreciated it uh, because they give it to her, and uh, most of the time the athletes. And uh, Peter Tom Willis called her and told her he was glad she got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had done one on the Florida State at that time, but uh, they, uh, she was spina bifida. But, uh, you know, you know, Ron, me and you are going to talk uh, and, and goof off here, and uh, Randy got you on tonight to tell us about the uh, uh, Alabama High School classification. So, okay. Randy, Randy, you want to go ahead and get it done? <laughs> me and him talk all night. <laughs> uh, the Alabama High School Athletic Association – <clears throat> they uh, do the, the new classification every two years. And one thing that's, uh, I don't know if it's a recent change in the last few years, or if it's always, uh, but it's now 9th through 12th in any 8th uh, graders that are held back. But it's actually 9 through 11. No, I'm sorry, 9 through 11. I'm sorry. What we used to count was 10 through 12. 10 through, Randy, what we used to do, is when I first got there, they counted tenth through twelfth graders mm-hmm. and the ninth grade holdbacks. Right, and a holdback would be a ninth grader that maybe did not complete his, uh, didn't pass his grades or whatever, to move to the tenth grade. And and the, and the high school athletic association, your years of success, your successive years of of, of of semesters of eligibility, you have eight upon entering the ninth grade. Uh, and so the holdbacks, but for a long time, they counted the 12th graders that had graduated. But about, I'd say about eight years ago, that changed. And now we count uh, the 9th, 10th, and 11th graders who are all becoming back. You know, they're all going to be eligible. Uh, and the 8th grade, uh, uh, or the 8th or the, or the grade holdbacks, uh, or 9th grade holdbacks are counted too, because they have a chance to be eligible during that classification period and that's why they do it that way but it it, it's it's not much difference it's just that you if for instance if you had a a, like addison had that you were talking about i think they had 24 seniors 
if you have 24 seniors and they graduate and your ninth grade class only has, say, nine kids that are participating, uh, then you're still counting those 25 seniors in your classification. And uh, but that, that but but they now they don't every kid that is that is counted has an has an opportunity to be eligible to participate in that next classification period. Right, and it uh, makes so, so much. They do it that way, and the schools yeah. love it. They much they love this much better. Yes, it now, is. Speaking, it it oh, boy, really. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It is. It's much better than what it was. Uh, yeah, you know, ten years it's ago. Because every kid that's being classified has even a hold back has a chance to get eligible, you know, the next semester if they, or the next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-year classification. is for two years at a time. We are right now in the second year of our classification period, 2022, 23, 2023, 24. Now, to, we, this is a classification year. And we will be reclassifying for the for the next two years, 2024-25, which will be next year, and then 25-26 the following year. And the way that works is the first, uh, I believe it's the first 20 days after Labor Day, the uh, average attendance is taken at all the public schools, at all the member schools actually, but the State Department of Education collects those numbers for us for the public schools and private schools report those numbers from, you know, their they're not, you know, they don't have a, a centralized first group overseeing them. So each private school reports their numbers, and the classification then is fa- the, the the average daily attendance or enrollment. It's, it's not an attendance, but enrollment for those 20 days after Labor Day are then reported. We'll get all of those numbers to us. The State Department of Education normally can get those to us by the middle of October. And then the private schools will have the, the same, you know, will have that, that they can get theirs in a little quicker. And once we get all those enrollment numbers, we put them, uh, we put them all in a list from top to bottom, the largest to the smallest. And that's the starting point for our classification for the next classification period. Now we will classify the schools in a classification, but that, uh, and we will put them into regions and areas and so forth, but we used to do that in the fall for the whole year and announce it in December, and it told you what it was going to be the next two years. But uh, something that also changed was that we now classify the sports. We, 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 we classify the schools in their divisions or their classification, whether it's what school they're, what class they're in, in December. But because we're now using a competitive balance formula for private schools, now private schools numbers, are counted. Let's say, uh, uh, give, give an example of let's say St. Bernard there in Coleman. Let's say they said that they have in that number that they turn in uh, nine through eleven and not create a, 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 the holdbacks. Let's say their total number is 160, and that would put them as a a two A school. Uh, private schools have a controlled enrollment. They don't necessarily have a lot of students that are ineligible because they have a lot of them have special, uh, you know, uh, uh, requirements to get into the school and so forth academically and so forth. Public schools have to have to count every student in their in every public school student uh, that's in their school whether they're eligible or not. And and if it's a poor student, they still have to you know, count them because they're, they are, by law, have to educate that student. If it's a handicapped student, if it's a, a person that might not have the ability to play sports, if they're enrolled, they count them. 
some private schools have students like uh, have students like that, but most of the private schools don't. So, uh, so in two thousand in nineteen ninety nine, the central board, in an effort to keep private schools, there was a movement across the state amongst the public schools to have the, the private schools removed from the AHSAA. Now we've had private schools. Uh, uh, I think there were three private schools in the original charter back in nineteen twenty one of which most prominent now is UMS Wright. They were UMS military school back then in Mobile. But those private schools were given a 1.35 multiplier. So if, we, if you had 100 students counted, then you would multiply that total by 1.35, and that's the number that goes into the lineup, the, you know, the, the list for private schools. And then we divide them into classifications, uh, 32 at the top, and we and the classifications normally start at the top. The top 32 schools by enrollment will be uh, class 7A. And then the next six classes are divided uh, in as equal a number as possible based on some other uh, some other situations. And the biggest situation is is just basically like location. In 6A, there's a lot of 6A schools in the Mobile area. But the next group of schools are all in the Montgomery area, so we have to when they start counting. That's why you why we've had in the past nine teams in Region One in football in Mobile in six A or seven A because it because if you just made eight, the uh and one of those schools would have had to travel all the way to Montgomery basically to be in a region, and so those principals and superintendents said we would rather have our schools we would rather have have a an option to have seven, eight, or nine, or, or six, seven, eight, or nine, whatever it might be, based on the classification uh, of, of, of schools in uh, a region, just so we don't have in order to travel, which would make it, un, you know, schools would probably cut out sports, not participate as often if they had to travel so far, and it would be cost costly. So that's factored in. Um, and then once we get it started, we do we do we do. The 7A first, right now it's the top 32 schools. Then it's this year, uh, the, this classification period, it was the next 56 schools. And then the, and then 5A was like the next 57. And then the other uh, four classes were divided pretty much equal uh, in as close to 61 or 62 uh, teams as possible. When we were only six classes, the, it was trying to keep them as close to 64 schools as possible. Eight regions, eight teams in each region would be perfect. But it's far from a perfect science. We also have something that the, the, the listeners might want to know about. We have a, have a special program that has been designed by a, a rocket scientist who's now a meteorology teacher at the University of Indiana, one of our uh, uh, sports officials, he, uh, and he actually put together this this special algorithm that can give us a chance to put uh, the, our, our challenge from the central board is to get groups the, like like in, in class let's say class four A we've got sixty schools we need to break them into eight regions that are as close in proximity to each other as possible, and this algorithm of this pro- program can adjust that by the uh, uh, the, what do you call it? The uh, uh, scientifically, the locations of each place, and it can and immediately we can move one school from from right to left, from seven to eight, and it can tell show you the amount of average miles each school would have to travel in the course of a year, uh, in, in in going to the different locations, and, and we can and it's really helped us 
and it's really cut out a lot of guesswork that sometimes put a school in a region that didn't make sense. And and then, but then we also have a five or six, and based on the class, five or six schools that might be an outlier. A one-year Cold Springs was an outlier. It was where it was located. There were no other two A's. That's when Holly Pond was a three A. Everybody else was three A and four A. Cold Springs was two A. And the schools that they had to be in with went all the way down to Keith High School, I remember. And that was an odds fix. That was really, and Keith is down below Selma uh, or near Selma. But uh, that was odd. That was really, really, really odd. Uh, Beulah High School over north of Opelika and just south of Roanoke is a 3A school. It goes back and forth, 3A, 4A. And there's not many 3A, 4A schools over there. So whenever they're placed into a, uh, a region... It really makes some changes. Uh, an example, Pike County, my old high school in, in the Wiregrass, it was the northernmost uh, uh, 3A school one year in the in the grouping, and there were 10 of them. So they made a nine-team region, and Pike County had to go north, and they played Montgomery schools. They had to go to Beulah. They had to go to, at that time, B.B. Comer was 3A in Sylacauga, and they had to travel incredibly, but it was just they were the one, they were the most, northern most when it and that closed that shut down the most uh, uh, but it, it was only seven teams in that one though because that way less teams had to make that long travel i know it sounds complicated but it and it takes hours and hours and hours of study and work and uh, adjusting to try to make it be the best for all the schools let me ask you this well, you're right about that one we had six classifications holly Pond got in what we call the i-65 correct all, all of the schools was on the left side of I-65 going north, and we had to go to Hamilton and uh, uh, Col- uh, yeah. uh, Urban Hill. And, well, Ron, and, Ron, in the old yeah. days, that was the divider. Before you, we had this special special uh, program, mm-hmm. uh, I-65 left and right was how they divided them up sometimes. And uh and, and and it was just by a, a, a it was a it was a thumbtack colored thumbtack in a mouth right. with the committee doing their very best to try to, and they did a really good job for the most part. But uh, I remember when you when I was at the Birmingham News, they had Indian Springs uh, sticking with uh, they had them back to the state of Alabama, and they had Indian Springs in a in a in a two way class with Randolph County, Ranburn, and that bunch, which is right on the Georgia line. Well, Indian Springs is just two miles off I-65 <laughs> at the Oak Mountain exit. Right. And, and I asked the, I was at the Birmingham Museum, and I asked him, I said, why is Indian Springs having to travel this two-lane road 72 miles just to just to play a basketball game? And they said, no, Indian Springs is over in Randolph County. And yes, there is an Indian Springs in Randolph County, <laughs> but it didn't have a high school, and they put it in the wrong spot when they were using the map. But now we plug in these longitude and latitude of these schools, and it's automatically it would not make that mistake. But you know, but that there's still sometimes it look it's not human error. It's just sometimes it doesn't work perfectly. It does work best for most schools, but it doesn't always work per- perfectly. And and some schools sometimes don't like it. Sometimes uh, they do. Uh, the last, not this classification, but the one before it, Green County, which is in Utah, which is real close to Tuscaloosa, they were the they they went from three A to two A, and that put them in a class of there were only five schools in the Mobile area, the 
Baldwin County, Washington County down there, that were two A schools out in West Alabama, and they became the sixth one. And so they had to they had to travel all the way down to to the beach. Actually, Orange Beach was a two A school in that group, and they had to travel from Utah to Orange Beach. But it was able to be corrected the next year because Orange Beach jumped to four A, and it changed some different dynamics. And Aliceville went from three A back to two A. And Green Green County got to stay closer up around the Tuscaloosa area. Now, what they're in now is a much better for them. But to be honest with you, they said they love going to those other places that they've never been before. <laughs> well, uh, it's nice to go to them, Ron, but, uh, but you got to you got to make money on family. Yeah. And we were the outlying school on that because uh, Bynemont and Hansford was still the three A, right. and they they went to New Hope and. Uh, Pennington and Susan Moore, they got this side. We just happened to get in the wrong ear a couple of times. And it was also uh, Hamilton and... Uh, uh, Haleyville was uh, always with the Haley, team uh, Well, and, and they all was uh, powerhouses. So we <laughs> went well, over there. To get, but, yeah. <laughs> this is not determined yeah. by how good or bad the teams yeah. might be. Because right. let me tell you, what's a good team this year may not yeah. be a good team next year because of the coaching changes or graduations or whatever oh i i like the classifications of course in our area uh pleasant valley is the further school we have this year so but no they, no northern schools right. for the most part most northern schools don't have too much of a problem even if they have to travel 60 miles because mm-hmm. in some of those schools in some of those areas down in west alabama west south, southwest alabama and and even southeast Alabama, there's some 200 mile travels because there's just not there's just not as many schools down there. Especially, it, it used to not be that way. But you take uh, Conecuh County, for instance, uh, they com- com- combined all of their schools into one at Hillcrest. You know, mm-hmm. and Hillcrest of Evergreen took five, four, one at Repton and Castleberry, and there's about four schools out there all came together as one. And those ones are more sporadic and further apart, and it's according to what class they're in. But it's we've about got it now. The schools are pretty much staying pretty much about the same in, in enrollment for the most part. There's some places like you take a you, know, you mentioned a Hamilton. Hamilton at one time was a big five A school, and the trailer industry was really hopping. But then all of a sudden that that industry slowed down, and a lot of places were closed, and those folks had to move and find work elsewhere. And so they went from a 5A to a 3A, and right now they're a 4A, but uh, they're playing in a 4A region in Region 5, and, and that region includes Midfield. You no. know, but Midfield went from 2A to 3A, and there's no other 3As around Birmingham Park, except Tarrant. Tarrant was a, is a 3A yeah. now, but they went from 4A to 3A. Uh, so now Tarrant, Midfield are in there with Hamilton, Gordo. Uh, Fayette County. It's just an odd sort, but it's right in the middle of the state, though. But even that mileage is a is a lot less than what it could have been if Midfield went south. Because if they went south, they'd be going all the way down to possibly Washington County. All right. Let me ask you this. Um, let's talk about the competitive balance and how okay. that how that <clears throat> how that works. The, com- the competitive balance is something that uh, we went to. That we, uh, first off. When Mr. Savarese was executive director, there was another push by mostly north, northern schools uh, in the state to, to maybe have pi- private schools removed from the, from the AHSAA. Uh, 
that was that was not going to work. Number one, there's several reasons because we these we've had a lot of we, we don't we we had at that time I think 48 private schools out of 416 schools. Those private schools have been some really really good members. Now, a lot of those private schools were located in metropolitan areas, and uh, they, that 1.35 bumped them up, bumped every school up pretty much, uh, uh, except for the really really small ones up at least one class. Well, the push at that time was to change the multiplier from 1.35 to 2.0 or even 3.0, which could take a school like, uh, I'm trying to think of one, uh, like Summerton Christian. Uh, it could have moved them up to 4A. Can you imagine a, a Summerton Christian, uh, which is barely has 100 students having to play a, a 4A schedule uh, against those? Just It's just, it would just be unfair and could be unhealthy. But we studied a lot of things in, in, a, in a special class, a task force that had public and private school members of, of principals and administrators came on, had a, they formed a task force, and they studied all kinds of things that were being used in other parts of the country. And, and, and we kind of took the best of some of these others, and one of them was competitive balance. Uh, and so... Uh, the school, that committee suggested that it was a unanimous decision, private and public agreed, uh, that, that you apply the competitive balance to a school's team and not to a school. For instance, I used Madison Academy, for instance. Madison Academy at that time was really, really strong. They had, they had won a state championship and they were just, you know, I think, two straight and 3A and they moved up to 4A and they won again. Well, they got bumped up. Uh, at that particular time, I think in the first classification period, only the football team got moved up. I say only. Only the sports that were showing ultra success got bumped up. Uh, but the school was, was a 3A school, but those programs that were playing at a high, high level, and that high level basically meant semifinals or finals of the state playoffs, uh, uh, and, the, and the, the actual competitive balance plan that they came up with basically said that if the school's team earned more than four points in a, in a classification period, then they would bump up to the next class with that team. And it only, the, the raising the, the, the uh, multiplier from 1.35 to 4.0 was going to affect every single team at every single private school, even the ones that were struggling. But uh, and it affected those schools that were not winning, and uh, and it would have probably closed some of those schools at least, and and or they'd have dropped sports like football out and, and stuff like that. But this only affected teams, and 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 when we did it, we found it only affected 11.8 percent of our private school teams. And it just if a school had a great coach and a great football program, that football program may have gone up, but it only affected two football playing schools. The first. Uh, the first two times and uh, in classification, Madison Academy was one of those. They got bumped all the way up to, to 5A because they were, when they won in 4A, they had to go up a class. A private school can't bump up a private school sport. If it earns four, uh, more than four points, then it bumps up. Uh, now they get four points if they're in the finals. If they're in the finals and, the, and then get to the quarter and, and get to the uh, group of 16, they get five point, uh, point five points for getting to the the group of 16. They get uh, 
four for being in the finals, two for being in the semifinals, and one for being in the quarterfinals. Or if you're doing a sport to where you rank like track, top the top winner all the way down, that the top two teams get four points, the next the third and fourth place get two points, and five through eight get one point, and then nine through 16 get a half a point. But in that classification period, for instance, the St. Bernard's track team earns more than four and a half points. Uh, then, of course, the, the listen, I, I hate to use tra- uh, the track team because there's a co-ed formula, too. Uh, if it's a sport that boys and girls can participate in, then the, and it's, it becomes more than seven points. Uh, that the boys and girls combined have to have more than seven points earned in that classification period. So uh, if St. Bernard earned six and a half points, then they wouldn't move up. They would stay where they are. If they had that, that 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 sports team, but if they earned seven and a half points, then they would move up to the next level in uh, that sport, whether it be cross country, track, basketball is a co-ed sport. The only co-ed sport that we don't apply uh, the co-ed numbers is golf, because in golf, boys play in six classes with a 1A and 2A combined, and girls play in four classes. And so you could take a 1A, 2A team in golf, and they might, if they moved up with the boys, they could go from 1A, 2A in golf all the way to 4A. And that was a, not what the, the the committee felt was fair. Let me take, so let me, let that, me throw that's a, the way that works. Let me throw an a example out here. <clears throat> uh, there's a school in Florence that we have to play. Uh, they knocked us out of the playoffs in the regionals in girls basketball last year what class are we talking about two a are we talking about mars hill mars hill yeah you know the school that beats uh the that's winning all the 5a and 6a football games how far like if they've they're averaging what 60 something points a game other than when they play a 6a Um, they are right now right yeah and it and i believe it's 52 right now so if if they won the state last year, no, somebody beat them, didn't they? Did somebody beat them last year? Oh, they did not win the state. I think they lost in the second round. But if they get in the finals this year, then they'll have enough points to move up a classification. Mm-hmm. They were already playing up a class because they won back to back when they were two A. That moved them to three A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they if they have enough points to move up again, which will be four and a half points, and they already have a, more than they already have. They got at least one point. I think they made it to the semifinals last year, which would have been two points. If they get to the, uh, if they go to the semifinals again and only have two points, that's four, and they wouldn't bump up. They would stay in three A, uh, unless their enrollment moved up. Mm-hmm. A private school can never be uh, lower than their enrollment plus one point three five. But let's say Morris Hill, using them as an example, if they won the state championship or got in the finals, it's not just winning; you just get in the finals. And, and if they have enough points, let's say they have four and a half, then they would move up to the next classification in that sport for the next time, which would be 4A. And that's what Marcy, that's what happened to Madison Academy. They moved to the 4A. They earned the points again in the second classification uh, period that had the competitive balance, and they moved up to 5A. Then when they got to 5A, they couldn't get more than, than a half point. And, they, and then when they had the reclassification, they dropped back down to, to where their classification was with uh, with uh, their enrollment, which was 4A, and now they are a 3A team again. They, the next classification, they drop back to a 3A where their classification is because they didn't earn the points. No, so but, if, uh, bas- if their girls' I, basketball team 
If, they well, wins, if the girls' basketball team wins the state championship well, again the this year. basketball is still playing at the 5A level. Uh, see, again, they're at 2A. In every sport they have, just yeah. the ones that have shown ultra successful. Yeah, they're at 2A. Sometimes in, in a sport like basketball or football, uh, you know, they had two kids that, on that football team that if they'd have played at Holly Pond, they'd have been 10 and 0 every year probably because they ended up in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and if, and if, uh, if, uh, but those kids happened to play at Madison Academy. Uh, uh, in the girls' basketball, they were really, really good. But them in Lauderdale County were in, uh, you didn't know how good they were a lot because them in Lauderdale County were the same class. Mm-hmm. And Lauderdale County was winning 85 in a row. So, they were losing out in the regional finals. When right. they moved to 4A, it got easier for them uh, to advance because Lauderdale stayed 3A. Right. Uh, and uh, but it's not about how making it easier or stronger. The class, the, the the competitive balance is trying to put teams in a class, uh, a, a private school's teams in a classification where they can be competitive, but not necessarily. Uh, going to dominate, but as long as they're competitive and it scoring these points, you know, if you get one point up in that level, once you're there, you're there, and you're going to stay there. The overall thing <laughs> that a lot of people academies volleyball is a good example. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were a one A school by classification, and then they got bumped up. That was before the uh, the one point three five came in, and uh, and the very first year when they went to two A, they, they 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 won the one A state championship. The next year, their enrollment improved the next classification they went to 2a they won in the 2a level then the next and then and when competitive balance started they won in the 3a level the school had grown and they got to a level of 3a with a with a with their enrollment then they moved to 4a then with competitive balance the next time they moved to 5a and the last competitive balance went from the 6a well they won the state championship every year in all of those years at that next level now they if they're fixing to if they if they get back to the state tournament, they will have earned a point, and that's going to move them up to seven A in the next classification period. But you know what? They're not whining about it. It's, it's the volleyball team, and that volleyball team beat McGill Tulane <laughs> last weekend. You know, it's that's how good that that play that that team that program is playing at that level. That coach is going to be in the National Hall of Fame someday, and it's just a special program that's just been just like. Thompson has been doing the last four years in, in uh, 7A football. You know, sometimes you just get a group, a, a coach or a group of kids that just buy into it. Addison is a really good example. They were, they uh, now public schools are not affected by the uh, uh, competitive balance. It's only for private schools. And it's trying to, and the purpose of that is to keep the private schools in a, at a level of competition where they can compete, but understanding that they don't have to grow uh, with with a number of students that might not be eligible to participate, you know, uh, uh, Summerton Christian uh, is an example. It's 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 schools only going. It can be so big, but now Dora right next to it may have students in its school that that school might not, not, not be able to to take into their school or whatever for whatever purposes of the, their mission of their school. Uh, but it's it's a, a lot of the private schools are also located in in metropolitan areas, so the students that are in those schools are getting the benefit of all of the things that those six a seven a students have benefit of as well in recreation programs, summer summer programs, and all that kind of stuff. All of that 
is one is some of the reasons that private schools do excel sometimes uh, in certain sports. You know, that's right. Heck, their coaches won 350 games. But he didn't win them all at UMS Wright. He won about 100 of them at UMS Wright. Uh, but he's he's a he's a heck of a coach. And wherever uh, Terry Curtis is at, that program is going to compete for a championship, you know, sooner or later. So, uh, but the, but it just it affects just the teens. And if there's a program in that school that struggles, it doesn't have to move up. It only has to play at its enrollment plus one point three five in the private schools. Uh, Ron, now uh, we're about out of time. One other question here. Uh, on the Alabama High School website, you have competitive balance factor using right. the two-year data. In case the people are confused because we go right. one point for this, one more thing, sit down and re- read it slow. Uh, yeah. I'm easier confused than most people. <laughs> but but well, anyway, it's there at the high school. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah we, we, we've already uh, uh, computed the competitive balance points earned in last year's classification year, this year is the second year, and then after this year it starts over, and whatever class the schools will be in then. You know, there's there's talk about, you know, there's a push by a lot of schools. They say that, hey, you know, city schools need to have that uh, competitive balance applied to them. Uh, some say, well, some some of these strong county schools, the, the strong programs need to, and the public schools need to do it too. And in some states, it is applied across the board to public and private schools in some state associations. Not every state association uses that. In, in Los Angeles, California, they've got a 7,000-student school in Los Angeles that plays in Class 1A in football. You know, because they have another formula that they use about and a lot of those kids are immigrants that are in that school. And, and they, a lot of them are not playing sports, and they look at participation numbers. The one thing that I would say that, 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 that probably will tell you more about the success of a school, whether it be private or public, is the number of kids that participate in that school in those sports. If you've got 150 eligible students and 145 are participating, you're going to probably have a really good program. If you've, if you've got, uh, you know, 150 eligible students and only 25 or 30 are participating, you're probably going to struggle. Well, I know the uh, all the principal for uh, Center Point High School, Mr. Phillips, wrote right. that we had 190,000 student athletes are expected mm-hmm. to participate this year. So, right. Well, we that's, uh, our numbers show that many on ro- on on the rosters from the last few years, but now that's a little bit not quite as accurate because it lists every kid on each roster. And there's some kids that play two, three, four sports. In reality, it's probably closer to 155, 160,000 student athletes. And then there's probably 25,000 out there that play multiple sports or more, you know. And uh, but but either way, uh, it's it. We found that this competitive balance with the private schools and the 1.35 has worked. Now, uh, we 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 had a, 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 a sports writer wrote a column just a few weeks ago. Uh, complaining about competitive balance uh, for private schools, and he interviewed a coach of a tennis team that is a 4A school by class, but they play in class 7A now in tennis. Well, they finished in the state meet last year, second for the girls, I believe it was, and fourth for the boys in 7A. And that coach said, well, you know, we're going to be in the top eight, whatever, whatever level we're going to be in. So we'll just we'll just go do the best we can, you know. And 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 co and schools, 
be honest with you, uh, they they really look forward to the challenge. Sometimes I think whenever if 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 they you know if if they find that uh, they're they're really you know dominating and in tennis and sports like that, uh, th- those kids that live in the metropolitan areas have a much better chance of being good tennis players because they have tennis clubs, they have tennis courts, and uh, there's how many tennis courts are in Holly Palm? None. <laughs> yeah, no. but but you and I'm not sure y'all have tennis, but you could because you know uh, Jemison High School had four courts and they started tennis and with with six boys in the seventh grade. And when those six boys were seniors, they won the state championship in Class Four A and they beat Mountain Brook, the six A champs, nine zero in a match. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible, but yeah. you just want to see the kids, you know, competing and being successful as best they can at the levels that they, that they need to compete in. And that's the purpose of competitive balance. People, some people agree with it, some people don't. But that committee, I can tell you this, they worked many long hours dealing with the, uh, the not understanding. The private schools didn't always understand public schools, and public schools didn't understand private schools. But that committee, when they finished, they saw the challenges that both schools, both the private and the public schools, have, and they worked together to try to come up with something that could keep all of our schools together. I can tell you this, it would be in the best interest of our whole state if every single school in the state was playing under the same roof, on the same rules and regulations. And uh, the AHSAA regulations have really been tried and tested for a long time by, by our central boards that are going on way back. And those those men and women that put together this association back in the 1920s, they had wisdom just like our forefathers that wrote the Constitution of the United States, they really got it. They understood the place for athletics. They understood that, that, that it needed to be a fair and a fair, as fair a, play, a, a playing field as possible. And uh, and that's why we used to go from, that's why we've gone from one, one classification now up to seven, trying to keep it as fair as possible. Ron, before Randy pulls a plug on us, okay. I'd like to tell everybody listening, including the coaches now, that uh, we're speaking with Ron Ingram. You can go back to our uh, podcast and uh, look look it up uh, and uh, check this program out. You give us a lot of information. You always do every year. Uh, next year we'll get on, uh, or next time we uh, interview, we'll try to get on uh Revenue sharing, different things, okay. but this time it's on classifications, and and you've done a real good job because I understand it. But I've also sat down and read your website page. So, but uh, if <laughs> but you did your homework, needs, but let well, me tell you this, Ron. <laughs> let me tell you this, Ron. I'm speaking as Ron Ingram. I'm not. I'm not speaking right. as AHSAA. I've right. covered high school sports in Alabama for uh, since I was. I'm 71 now, and I started out when I was when I was 17. So it's been a long, long time, and I didn't know half of what I was doing. But uh, when I thought I knew a lot about it until I got to the AHSAA, and now I've seen it through those eyes. And I can tell you this: those people that 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 are the central boards and those legislative councils, they have the the whole state's member schools' interest at heart. And when and and each school has a right to make any recommendations to change a bylaw anytime they want, and it can be voted on, and the rest of the schools believe it will work, it becomes a bylaw. And that happened last year. It's happened the year before. It's changed some things that, that we thought might never change, and it, and it works whenever all the schools uh, understand it. But uh, I, what I'm talking about, I, I, I truly believe that, that 
in the best interest of our state is all of our schools playing together and competing together. But let's just let them all com- find a, the right level to compete in. Ron, I want to mention uh, they know how to call the Alabama High School <coughs> Athletic Association, and uh, uh, we if we complain, we're in the media. We have to go to Ron Ingram. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I can't help you a lot of times, uh, <laughs> but I, I can. You know, uh, the main thing is though is I, 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 our media is really they love us. I mean, they they love our schools, and I saw a coach recently uh, who had a stone on his on his chest. And uh, I told him, I said, do you know Ron Stone? He said, I sure do. And I said, well, that's a fine fellow. Hey, he had to be from Brindley Mountain. There is no doubt about that. He had to be from Brindley Mountain. Yeah, he had Destry down there. Well, Destry came down for the uh, baseball, uh, I don't know what it was called. Well, we have a lunch and learn uh, for every sport. It's helping the coaches to learn more about how to be better coaches. And they bring in – uh, sometimes college staffs to go about and talk about new ways of training and other stuff. And then the, and, and then, and, but we have, and it's, and, and we feed them there. Our coaches association, our Alabama high school athlete, but it's coaches association led by Brandon Dean puts that on. And uh, we do it for every single sport. And uh, last week, I think we had bowling, you know, so, uh, yeah. but it's a really good time. And, uh, and, 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 and all of them get to meet our staff and we get to say hello to them, but mostly they're there just to learn more about how to be better coaches. Hey, one thing well, I do come, want to mention. and watch the hey, baseball team if you get a change. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I'll never forget going to Vimont one time to watch a great game between them and Aniyama in the state playoffs. One of my favorite, all-time favorite games back when I was at the Birmingham News. Hey, let me mention one thing to you, Mr. Ingham. Uh, you were talking about uh, Coach Allen Stevenson earlier. Right. Uh, if, you, if you enjoy history, uh, I sat down with him for about, I guess thirty or forty-five minutes before football season, and we talked about him from his playing days at uh, T.W. Martin, which you know is no longer a school. Right, I, I remember going to T.W. Martin right after I came to Birmingham in the eighties. And we we discussed that about the school, you know, the the how how the students end up leaving, the reasons why, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the closures and everything, and. It um, we covered everything from that to him coaching in high school, and we've got it up on a podcast. And I think if you well, I have to check that out. Yeah, I love Coach Stevenson. I really do. He's a fine gentleman. Oh, I, and uh, he learned from fine gentlemen and Coach Hicks, and uh, uh, and that's a, just a great place, you know. And I and I and I heard uh, one of the, one of the greatest athletes was Danny Stallings, and it is am, am I right? Did he pass away? Recently? He did. He, he did. Passed away. He did. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, he was, and his daughter Dana was as good as as, as he was. And she just, if they'd have let her, she'd have probably been a star football player. So, <laughs> uh, but I, but that's such a great place. So I do. I I love Addison. Uh, uh, Wanda Gillen who worked with us. Her grandchildren go to Addison, and I have and, and and I just fell in love with the place. Already fell in love with it when I got to know Coach Stevenson and his family. But I really fell in love with going and watching them play, and uh, it's just. Going to a game up there in that big old stadium is just really a lot of fun. Hey, I was going to tell you, you'll get a good laugh. Ron went to the – my my daughter plays high school volleyball, and the team is, team is really good. Right. And Ron went and sat with me at the game last night, and I tried to help teach him rotations. <laughs> volleyball? You told him what you took him to a volleyball yeah, game. Yeah, and so uh, – 
Did we, you get thrown out? No, but we got a ways to go on some of that. We'll just kind of leave it at that. He needs to volunteer to be a line judge. That's what he needs to be. Then they'll throw him out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to learn the sport first. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, it is a beautiful sport, and well, it is a, it's the most team sport I think we have going because the, the way it works is they're like it, they all are tied to each other. Uh, that's the digger gets it up, the setter pops it in the air, and the hitter hits it over. And the other team's digger digs it up, and the setter gets it next and then hits it over to their best player. And if you got better hitters than the other team or better setters or better diggers, that's how you're going to win. And well, that's you, you, has them in every sport. Well, you're, you're, you're speaking Greek again. <laughs> <laughs> they have a libero, too, now. I didn't explain – I didn't explain the uh, other jersey. Got order. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the barrel or whatever it is. Uh, I know uh, me and Randy was doing a soccer game. We'd never done a soccer game or broadcasting before, and so I looked up on the internet to to study up on it. And I told Randy, I said, Randy, I like contact sports, and I'm going to like this no matter what kind of job we do on it because in the rules it says no spitting on the other player and no kicking in the chins if you get a penalty. And I thought, well, at least I'll get some excitement, you know. They do spit, though, and they do hit in the chins. And when that happens, they get a red card. And if they get a red card, that ain't good. Well, you know. it, it ain't, but, you know, you, you, I like contact sports myself. Well, soccer is pretty contact, pretty much contact, I'm telling right. you. Uh, but it's uh, but but I'll be honest with you, all sports are incredible. And one thing I learned about soccer back when I was in Birmingham, I worked with a lot of little girls playing basketball because I had daughters. And the kids that learn soccer, uh, the, just the basic basic techniques in soccer about kicking the ball with the mm-hmm. left and right foot, they move to basketball with very little trouble learning how to dribble with either hand. It just your brain works with the hands and the feet the same way. And once the brain knows how to do it, it works it fine. And uh, I told this one soccer playing girl that I coached, uh, told her mom and daddy, so why don't you? She's a really good. Uh, volleyball a soccer player but uh y- y'all let her stick with basketball because i think she played major college basketball uh she was in the sixth grade and by far the best and uh uh and the, uh, her daddy uh phil reddick told me he says well she sure loves soccer and i think we're gonna stick with it and her son, and she ended up being Catherine reddick who was the national college player of the year in oh, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and right. now she does announcing for uh, does some announcing for ESPN, I believe it is, uh, for soccer, and is one of the great athletes of our state, and is in our Alabama Sports Hall of Fame as a soccer player. I'm glad they didn't listen to me. <laughs> well, Mr. Ingram, I think I said, I, I hate to I hate to even let you go, but I've got I got Kevin Bishop. Uh, texting me wanting to know when he's going to get to do his Pennington segment, especially well, since you can't cut Kevin out now. I love Kevin, we especially love Kevin. especially since we're twenty four minutes overdue. <laughs> but I, I just hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. I really appreciate y'all and what y'all do up there in, in Coleman County and the surrounding counties, and uh, and I just know that y'all y'all have the best interest of the sport at heart all the time, and we do appreciate that. Hey, and I'll send and you. We, I'll we send you. Uh, you I'll send you and some information on that. I think you can be an umpire. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I love y'all. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you. See you later.
and that was that was uh Ron Ingram and like I said it was uh great to have him on and uh I really it's something always really enjoyable we have. He is he's great great to talk to and he's got a whole head full of knowledge if we just had time for him to share it with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh well we'll be joined here in just a just a moment by uh Kevin Bishop and uh <clears throat> I feel certain he's gonna be talking something about a rivalry game if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. He he'll give the stats from the last twenty years, who won, who lost and all that. <laughs> oh, I think Mr. Bishop is joining us. And we need to because we need the money. We always make money on Pennington games. And uh, like I said, Kevin's joining us now, and uh, he's his his, pro, his yeah, part I of the. To somebody a while ago, Randy named uh, Andy Holland. Uh, tomorrow's uh, Morgan's birthday, and Saturday is uh, Sandy's birthday, and then Saturday is uh, Holly Cove's birthday. Man, are you gonna sing happy birthday to him? Well, at the end of my part, since you and Ron Ingram took all night. (laughs) (laughs) Randy Randy and Ron just talk away. (laughs) No, I didn't listen. (laughs) Ron's calling us like an old woman. Uh, Well, hey. We gotta enjoy life, you know. I'm sitting here with my feet, probably. Ron probably thinks me and Randy's in the same room doing this, but uh, I'm actually at home on my feet propped up. Uh, Randy, yeah. sitting out there drinking a milkshake or something. No, I am. I am upstairs. Uh, I'm on an old dresser, and uh, where uh, some of our championship trophies are, and. Um, and I've got I've got everything I've got everything set up on it, and it's up here in the wor- workout room where we got where we can do some weights, some stationary bikes, stuff like that. And uh, there you go. But uh, he's he's in the gym room, you know. His mansion's got forty-seven rooms. Oh, and he's geez. just in the gym room tonight, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna give some shout-outs to Melissa Baxley, Daniel, and Timmy Smith, Kyle, Hannah. And A.J. Smith, Heath Adams, Randy Ratliff in Lexington, Michelle Sisson in Mississippi, and Rusty Littleton. And I'll give Randy Burks a shout-out. Oh, well, I, I get included this I way. Hear, <laughs> I, I hear you, buddy. I, 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 mean, I, 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 I heard I, him getting jealous last week. <laughs> well, I tell you what. I slept I through your segment two weeks ago. Out, but I'm talking to both of them, so it wasn't that no good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and last week's scores was, was Pennington and 41, Cleveland 0. I told you they wouldn't score, Ron. I was I, wrong. I, I said, I said I 42 you, you 6. talk about all that stuff, you know. I've been I've been expecting Coach Miles to come by and him be walking on water across Mulberry River. <laughs> Madison, hey, if it Madison don't rain, he will be. Three, Madison County seven, Weaver fifty-five, Asbury Zoops, Asbury six. Danville had the week off. Finemont had the week off, getting ready for the Pennington Tigers. 
Locust Fort 52, Susamore 6, Woodbull 42, and Berlin Mountain 0. Pennington is at Vinemont this week, going to see if we make it nine years in a row over the Vinemont Eagles. Susan Moore is at Bernaline Mountain. Madison Academy is at Asbury. And Danville is at Shows Christian. Hey, I, and, and, uh, you said Madison Academy is at Asbury? Yeah. What's the odds Madison Academy scores in the first three minutes of the game? And no, I'm really serious. I'm really serious. He's I'm, been I'm, at least the all-time series now, Ron, with the Cleveland Panthers with 39 wins, 30 losses, six ties. Pennington leads the all-time series with the Bynemont Eagles with 18 wins and three losses. We're going for nine in a row, Ron. I hear you. Them kids told me Monday night at the junior high game, we're going get, to get us some Eagle biscuits. Uh, well, good. Now, don't let your kids down. Hey, they, I'll give them a speech Friday night before the game. I'll tell them pour the gas on. Put the gas to the pedal. Connor Tierman was 10 for 11, 218 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Colton Walston threw one pass for one yard. One for one for three yards. Colton Boston carried it. Caught one, had one catch for 18. Aiden, Aiden, Aiden McAlpin, four catches for 144 yards, one touchdown. One of them was for 66 yards on that one touchdown. Josiah Coover, four catches for 44 yards. J.J. Ortiz, three catches for 27 and a touchdown. Luke Scott, one carry for three yards. Noah McClendon caught one pass for three yards. Pennington carried it 38 times for 287 yards on the ground. That's a total of 508 yards of total offense. Will Taylor, three carries for 22 yards. Elijah Pullins, five carries for 30 yards. Grant Austin, one carry for two. Josiah Coover, 10 carries for 119 yards and three touchdowns. Ty Morgan, three carries for 22 yards. Micah Graves, four carries for 48 yards. Connor Timmerman, three carries for 27. And Johnny Pacina, Nine carries for 31 yards. The one thing I noticed was you rushed for over 200. You threw for over 200, which tells me your offensive line controlled the, controlled the game. Yep. Blowing holes in the line at the end of the first quarter run. It's 28 to nothing, half 35 to nothing. End of the third quarter, it was 41 to nothing, and the final was 41 to nothing, Pennington. That makes two years in a row going for three next year, Ron. Hey. This week's games, you have got Coleman hosting Athens. You have got Good Hope on the road to Hansville. 
Holly Pond is hosting Gaston for homecoming. Vinemont is hosting the Pennington Tigers. Fairview is at home with Ardmore. There's a homecoming also. Oh, is it? Yes. Pennington's going to make it night. Tried to do our best nine years in a row at Vinemont, Rowan. West Point is hosting Lawrence County. Cleveland is hosting Southeastern for homecoming. Coach Springs is at home with Winston County. Brewer is at home with Russellville. And Addison is at home with Meek. And Alabama plays Saturday at 2.30 on CBS. And Auburn has an off week. Yeah. We got the open Raiders. Yeah, Ingrid uh, Holland yeah. said, Randy, he <laughs> didn't know that you was an Auburn fan, but said, you sure are a good man, you and Ron. <laughs> See? Well, hey, there's a lot of good men that's Auburn fans. <laughs> I know, I know a bunch of them. Yeah. Hey, hey, Andy Holland said he'd be praying for Randy. Maybe he'll switch over one day. <laughs> I would, hey, I would be a, I would be a very popular coach. Say what? I would be a very popular coach. I'm a player's you coach. You would. <laughs> I'm a player's coach, and we win. Well, we've been trying to get you to coach Petey from Tiger Softball, and you won't come. I didn't offer enough money. <laughs> and they offered the wrong class to teach. Well, I, mean, I mean, you know, y'all are playing the y'all are playing the football coach one hundred thirty one thousand. I wasn't asking for that much, you know, ten <laughs> ten in a history class that was not that bad, you know. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, I yeah. like I mean, I like navy blue and gold. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, I. I can handle it better than I can some other colors. But, you know, one one big game next week, this coming up Friday night, Meek and Addison, that's a big game. They're, yeah. they're really rivals in both schools. You know, like Meek's still pretty doggone good. At, at, Addison's kind of a little bit young. Um, they've got talent. But, uh, you know, can Meek do it again this year? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But I know I know we'll have it on the – on the scoreboard during the game. Um, Who do you think will win the Addison Meek game? I'm kind of leaning Meek. I think I'm kind of leaning Meek right now. Um, I, re- I really think Meek's, Meek's pretty good. I don't know if they're as good as they were last year, but they're still pretty good. Um, matter of fact, uh, well, our girls got to play next uh, Tuesday at Vinemont. And we'll be playing Vinemont and Meek up there. And um, Are you gonna sing Hank's birthday run to them people? Well, I may. I was gonna. I was gonna tell you uh, the uh, best uh, Meek Addison story I ever heard. Or there's uh, there's a bunch of them when it comes to Meek and Addison. But uh, Perry Eddie run the Texaco station out in uh, Addison, and he graduated at Meek, and he wore his jersey every year. Well, when his daughter got in the 10th grade at Addison, uh, 
She said, Danny, you can't go over to uh, Meek and wear that stupid shirt. Now, I, I'm here at Addison, and you you ought to wear uh, Addison shirt and pull from me. He said, okay, I did. He said, I wore that Addison shirt over to Meek, and he said, Meek whooped up Addison, and he said, man, everybody that come by told me not to never wear another uh, Addison shirt. I was a jinx to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He could. He could have just about Middleton State State Jack twenty three to seven. Well, yeah, but let's let's look and at what they. Quarter. Yeah, but let's look at it. They've played three ball games yeah. in uh, what less than two and a half weeks. Right. I mean that's that's and yeah. two of them, two of them's on the road. Yeah. Or if they played Saturday was Saturday was a week ago <clears throat> at home against. Eastern Michigan turned around and played the same week on Thursday. Yeah, Sam Houston State. at Sam Houston State, and now it's a Wednesday, so you've only got six days. So you're losing prep time and rest time and heal yeah, time. You are, and you're playing at Middle Tennessee State. That's three games in yeah. less than two weeks. I mean, it's it's yeah. impossible. It's really it's really imp- that's an impossible schedule. It is. And you know that's, you know I just, I just, I just don't hardly see it happening. But when I when I saw that they were going to build it, I was like I started counting the games. Like you know, nobody can win all three in that short a period of time. No, but then. and uh, I mean, but uh, oh, um, when you go back, Kevin, and listen to it, well, we we covered a lot. Once we got past the ten first ten minutes with. Uh, uh, Ron and them getting <laughs> off subject. Uh, we really it really hit on some very interesting topics on the classification that's beginning. Um, that should be like I said, that'll come out in December for football and volleyball and uh, cross country. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was it's it's really some really worthwhile information. And you can find this on the Alabama High School Athletic Association, what we went over and covered. We just wanted to make sure we had, you know, solid notes on it, to, you know, for the – and the probably the hardest part is the, the – uh, um, uh, competitive balance factor. That's, and it's, it varies by sport. So you can't just say an overall – amount of points i thought it's going to be an overall amount of points but once i printed it out and sent it to ron and looked over it i was like no it varies based on sport and so that's that makes it that makes it more difficult uh i would i would like to see a little bit Uh, more the wrestling team next week is having a pre-game meal yeah at pennington Mm -hmm. they're having soup and chili supper before the brindling mountain Mountain football game. Yeah. Uh, call Kenny Mullins for more information at 205-775-2050. Kids that's got tickets to sell. You can carry out or eat in in the Pennington lunchroom, $8 a bowl. And they'll have drinks and desserts, what they told me, from 4.30 to 6.30. Okay, I don't know. A week after next, uh, I don't know where we're at or if I'll be going by. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, 
you saying chicken dressing supper the other day? No, you say, the, uh, are you saying week uh, after? Are you saying one week from this Friday or two weeks yeah, from this, this Friday, Friday? We're at home. Yeah. Now is it is it two weeks from this Friday or one week, Kevin? It's on the thirteenth or the twentieth. It's on the thirteenth. Thirteenth, we'll be at home. That'll be uh, West End. Yeah, y'all playing West End then, and then next yeah, week y'all got an off week. Yeah, we got a bye week. Susan Moore after Burnley Mount. Yeah, we got yeah. a bye week, and uh, uh, we, we at West End had a good game last week. They beat Sandrock twenty-seven to thirteen, and so and Locust Fork beat Susan Moore fifty-two to six. So. Our area didn't do too good. Well, ours didn't, ours didn't either. Uh, Ron, ours, ours won the ball game. Well, y'all, y'all done good. Our area didn't do good. We did. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's more dollars. Yeah. See, Locust Fork's in our region. Yeah. We, lost, we lost 49 to 18. At uh, the Glencoe, and let's see, we got another one here. I, I looked up. Uh, <coughs> well, I, I don't. I was looking for Pleasant Valley, but I don't see it. They may have had a bye week. Well, Kevin. Actually, uh, I think they lost. Uh, Ron. Well, Randy ain't gonna let us sing "Happy Birthday" because we're ten minutes over. I I will let y'all sing "Happy Birthday." I'll let y'all sing "Happy Birthday," and then okay. Ron get your okay. Ron get Morgan you. Holland, Sandy Holland, and Holly Cove. God, here you go, Morgan, yep. Sandy, and Holland. Okay, Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, Pennington fans. Happy birthday <laughs> to, to you. you. They are Pennington fans. No. Well, <laughs> now, Pennington <laughs> fan and Duke, Morgan and Sandy Susan Moore fans. Susan Moore fans. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember talking to Holly. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go back. You and know, I'm a Susan Moore fan uh, when it comes to basketball. I got a nephew that's uh, coaching the junior high at Susan Moore, and he loves it. Yeah. I've and got Drew Fagels. I've yeah, got to snip if that. Come, if you come see him, you you walk in the door and say, "How's the weather up there?" <laughs> he, he's a big old tall drink of water. <laughs> All right, guys, he, we're gonna have to I, wrap uh, it up so I can. Night, I can oh well, <laughs> we'll see y'all next next I, week. Hey, Ron, I, you got your commercials? Some commercials? Yeah, I sure I sure have. I need to tell them, folks. Uh, podcast and the uh, program is brought to you by Alpha Insurance Agent Talisa Shackles in Holly Pond. For all your insurance need, go by and see Talisa Shackles. Walker Brothers in Bailington. They have a full line of billing material. They're family-owned and operated since 1963. Affordable tire and automotive. They're called affordable for a reason. They do tires, front-end alignments, tune-ups, and uh, Traditions Bank a true community bank building financial bridges with all of their customers. Traditions Mortgage Company, let us help you with all your mortgage needs. Holly Pond Animal Clinic, a hometown veterinarian providing service for both small and large animals. 
Citizens Bank and Trust. They're a small bank making a big difference. Hopper's Family Market and Pharmacy. They're dedicated to bringing customers the best service, grocery items, meat, produce, and prescription needs. Mullins Body Shop on Highway 31 South in Coleman. 24-hour towing, accident repair, painting. We are where quality is a difference at Mullins Body Shop. Merchants, Bank of Alabama. The Merchants Way is a better way. Discover the power of a great community bank at Merchants Bank. Randall Shedd, Alabama House District 11. Hollyfond Supermarket. You can get gas, diesel, convenient late-night purchases at the pump 24-7. If they're open, come in for our food items, snacks. Come in, see us, say hello, and check out our fishing tackle. The Rough House. We provide daily and long-term boarding for your pets plus pet grooming. Farmers, poultry, and supply. Get all your poultry supplies without even crossing the road. Farmers Poultry and Supply on Highway 157 and come Moss Service and Funeral Home. They provide funeral and cremation services with Compassion since 1882. Olive Pond Tire and Lube. For tires, wheels, oil change, we're a family-owned and operated business in downtown Holly Pond. That's Holly Pond Tire and Lube. Stewart's Auto Parts. We deliver the right products at the right place at the right time. We put you back on the road again at Stewart's Auto Parts in Holly Pond and Coleman. Hall's RV in Albertville. They're North Alabama's RV dealer for travel traders and fifth wheels. Their motto is, we sell fun at Hall's RV in Albertville. Heritage Dental, that's Dr. Brad McKinney. He's family dentist where new patients are always welcome at Heritage Dental in Oneonta. Alabama Well Presses on Evil Road. And Coleman, come print with us at Alabama Well Presses. Dan Stevens, Alabama Health Scout, Sullivan Photography and Travel, The Spirit Shop, The Awards Palace, Adams Building Company in Bluntsville, Epic Car Wash and Shine. Randy, we want to thank all of our sponsors and thank our special guest tonight, Mr. Ron Ingram. Uh, go back and listen at the uh, program. You will love it. Uh, Ron, Ron, give us a lot of information. And uh, I, th- I think we need uh, to say, give you know, a big shout out to Ron and a thank you. And also coming up next week, we'll be discussing with uh, Ron what it means when you're at the volleyball match and the line judge points the flag straight down. He f- holds it straight up, and when he puts his hand across the top of it, we'll be explaining what those means. And uh, so. Uh, But with that, uh, everybody get out and support your schools. Um, Again, it's home. Good luck to to y'all, Randy, and all the homecoming people for Friday night. And we have Coach Cuz will be joining me for the first half of the ball game. Randy will be down being a dad with his daughter. She's in the homecoming court and uh, come out and see us. And on the 31st, which is uh, Tuesday night, uh, Halloween night, we will be at the school. Uh, me and Randy will be doing our show from there. and uh, Kids can come by and get the trick-or-treat. And they'll be walking down from the bus barn down to the uh, football field uh, dressing room. We'll have cars on both sides of the road set up or uh, tables set up passing out candy so they can walk and get, get them a sack full of candy and take it easy. 
And our two guests that night will be uh, Bob Cuss, uh, cross-country coach at Holly Pond. That'll be coming up right before sectionals and state. And also uh, Rusty uh, Roden will be uh, talking about everything going on with the ag department, the new welding shop, and uh, also how they're doing competition-wise. But with that, we'll say good night. Appreciate everyone joining us tonight. Look forward to uh, seeing you on Friday night, and we'll see you then.